0: So the staff mental health service was set up in September, 2020 uh, in response, as part of the response to COVID-19 pandemic to provide fast access mental health treatment for NHS staff in Cambridgeshire and Peterborough. Currently we're providing this service of uh, mental health to around um, 25,000 NHS staff members who are working in five different trusts across Cambridgeshire and Peterborough these include Cambridge University Hospitals, uh, North West Anglia Foundation Trust, Cambridge uh, and Peterborough Foundation Trust, which is the mental health trust we work in, uh, Royal Papford Hospital and Cambridge Community Services.
1: And is this to address mental health issues that have been triggered by the pandemic?
0: So the mental health problems were mentioned in many reports in the past for NHS staff, that, that the NHS staff had higher mental health needs compared to the general population. But um, that it wasn't possible until, until recently, and our service was set up as, uh, as a response to uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And needless to say, COVID-19 pandemic made everything more difficult for uh, many people, and especially people working on the front line. So any mental health problems that were there before became more complicated in response to COVID because a lot have changed over the last year.
1: And what kind of mental health problems were you seeing triggered as a result of the pandemic?
0: So in our clinic, we mostly see problems uh, that are linked to stress-related mental health problems, as we can call them. Uh, mainly depression and anxiety-related uh, problems, uh, some problems with post-traumatic stress, and also uh, some, uh, some issues around responding to stress under, under uh, current conditions. So most of, most of the people who are presenting to our services uh, have moderate to severe mental health problems that are not addressed uh, elsewhere. There are lots of offerings in the NHS at the moment to, to help and build resilience and uh, well-being within the nhs staff but for a group of people these uh, support mechanisms are not uh, helpful enough so our service steps in at this point when people have more prolonged or more complicated mental health problems and we have seen that people with a history of mental health problems have suffered from the changes that are induced by COVID-19 pandemics, not necessarily in relation to their workplace, which is a major part, but also the changes in their social lives and uh, other aspects of their lives. So uh, we have seen various uh, difficulties from workplace stress to difficulties around pandemic on the back of previous mental health problems.
1: And are there particular stresses that people in the National Health Service are under? I mean, uh, we've seen lots of mental health issues during the pandemic from people feeling very isolated, very fearful. If you're working in the health service, are there additional issues on top of that?
2: What we'll find is that a lot of NHS staff are used to their role and their teams and the environment they work in. And because of the pandemic and the way that services have had to be changed, people have had to move to different areas, away from their teams, away from their routine, or have, in fact, have been asked to work from home, which they found isolating. And when they're naturally caregivers, they've been asked to shield and go home. They found it very difficult to be at home and not part of the pandemic and work in, which has been extremely frustrating for people as well. I think it's the change of job role and the environment and the pressures and the unpredictability. Most care which is given by NHS workers, there's processes for and it's been well researched and they're trained. Obviously, a lot of what was happening in the NHS initially was thinking on our feet and moving very quickly as the pandemic changed, the virus changed course on different points throughout the year. So it's this constant changing and asking to adapt and to keep changing and moving areas, which I think has had a profound effect. Is there something
1: as well? Because, I mean, I'm imagining a lot of people who are working in the health service are there because they want to help people and they want to connect with people and they're not really being allowed to do that. They're, They're even separated by a visor and by a mask, even if they are seeing somebody face to face.
2: That is very difficult as well, because you can't, if somebody needs help, always calling for you, you would have to, if you're moving between patients, obviously the donning and offing of PPE, stringent hand washing, the sanitizers, the strict social distancing, staff have to protect themselves and their families, but also protect the patients that they work for. So the things that came naturally to healthcare workers is now at much slower pace, hand-holding, hugging, looking after patients, even with colleagues, that touch has all gone for the right reasons. But obviously, that is a change in work.
1: And we've all been so grateful to the NHS over the last year or so. But in a way, has that put more pressure on the people who are in that service to feel they need to be strong, they need to be these heroes?
2: I think NHS staff have always felt the need to work hard. they not very Good at caring for ourselves, should I say? Very good at giving to others and caring for others, but not necessarily good at caring for ourselves. And we are prone to keep going, going until we become quite unwell ourselves. And I think that is just the nature of the people who enter. The NHS as a whole and that isn't just healthcare professionals that's um, administrative staff as well and other people who work in the NHS seem naturally to be very giving and not very good at looking after themselves unfortunately.
1: Yes there's a wide variety of people we're talking about here aren't we right right through all the the layers of the system from hospital porters, presumably through to a surgeon.
2: And I don't think there's any one staff group that hasn't been affected by the pandemic or health hasn't been affected to some degree and that is either the pandemic restraints at home not being able to go to the gym not being able to see family and friends all the changes in the workplace all of it has had an effect like it has the general population
1: and this service is what is, is it a talking service does it offer well face-to-face as much as possible how does it work
0: we we are a multidisciplinary service with uh, different specialists uh, psychiatric doctors, clinical psychologists, uh, specialist nurses, and we have uh, Diane as well as our occupational health uh, specialist. So our service is open to all NHS staff in this trust we mentioned. So it could be the admin staff or it could be one of the porters or doctors or nurses, anyone who is working in that trust can, can access to our service. So what we provide is a rapid access because the accessibility has been a big issue for NHS staff because we know that the need is there, but taking that first step has always been difficult and particularly difficult for NHS staff for the reasons that Diane just mentioned we try to provide as, as much flexibility as we can. So we, we provide some evening slots and some uh, weekend slots to offer the first uh, detailed assessment. And after the assessment, depending on their needs, needs we can offer further reviews in our in our service, or we can provide some referrals to other specialist services depending on their needs, or we can provide the psychological treatment uh, depending on the... So, so we are guided by by their needs, we try to tailor the service to individual needs of of the NHS staff, uh, which can be sometimes different from the general population. And uh, we we work closely with the occupational health departments to to support the the best way for their continuation with their work. But when they need time off, uh, we are also quite supportive uh, in in terms of their pace to, to return to work. Uh, so this is a comprehensive mental health uh, service that can provide all sorts of treatments, but in a in a quite flexible way.
1: And as you say, often the most important step is actually recognizing that you need that treatment. What what would be the signs? If we've got somebody listening to this who's thinking, I don't know, um, maybe that's for me, maybe it's not. What would be the signs that you'd say to look out for for recognizing that actually your mental health may be suffering?
0: Everyone is different, so people may have different responses to, to any mental health difficulties. And also, people's expectations are also different. Some, some people may feel more comfortable to talk to their friends and families rather than their colleagues. The first rule of thumb is, is to speak to people whom you feel more comfortable with. But we also have quite a wide range of well-being support across the NHS. So, for example, the Psychological Well-Being Service who deliver, uh, that delivers... A wide range of psychological treatments is open to anyone in the country with self-referrals, and there are also the uh, mental health charities like Cambridge Mind, who can who can provide different types of help. Uh, so there are also other charities for young people, for example uh, Centre 23. All of these institutions have their own websites or telephone numbers that you can make the first contact. So making the first contact is checking in and understanding whether this service may be suitable for you. And wherever you go, if the professionals feel that your needs are met elsewhere, they would signpost to other services. So you don't have to have a huge knowledge about about the systems. What we hear from people is that sometimes it could be really overwhelming to to navigate through different sources of help. But if you can reach to one of them, then there will be bridges between those, those services or institutions that can, that can offer help. So I think uh, the most important thing is, is to, to make that first telephone call or email message.
1: And of course, this is something that's not just going to benefit people within the NHS, is it? Because if we are expecting people within the NHS to care for us, we want to know that they are well, and not just because we want them to be well, but because the quality of our care will be better too.
2: There is a strong correlation between staff health and the service provided to the general public between large health organisations, staff health. So, yeah, that has been proving you quite right.
1: And as with any other service of this nature, it's all going to be confidential as well.
2: Yeah, we're very, um, very keen on promoting that we are very strict about confidentiality. And I do think maybe it's a barrier why people don't come to the service. It's very confidential conversations that are had, obviously, there's a lot of personal information, but to help navigate that, we do offer reassurance that there's higher auditing of clients notes in the service compared to other services and that's just a reassurance there's also you can see on the website which clinicians work in the service their photo and information of where they've worked so if somebody recognized me they could say I don't want this particular clinician involved in my case and we're very strict on that and obviously we follow all of the data protection rules etc in terms of information so yes the confidentiality is big part of our service and we, we protect people's information and follow all the correct processes that we're asked to
1: so if somebody's listening to this and thinking that they want to find out more or they want to find out more for a, a friend or relative where can they go
2: so they can have a look on our website the staff mental health website at the cpft or they can if they want to be referred they can speak to a psychological wellbeing team within their trust or their occupational health Department, they can ask to be referred to the occupational health department or speak to their GP and they can refer them into the service.